0: Hey, have you ever noticed, um, how when you go to somebody's house, have you ever noticed how when you go to someone's house, maybe it's a family member's house, maybe a friend's house, that, that every house that you go to, that you visit has its own unique kind of vibe, its own kind of feel, its own kind of, almost like a different flavor that, that, that house has. Every home has its own unique experience when you visit that home. Um, this last summer... Uh, I was up in northern BC where my, my brother lives and uh, was hanging out with him and uh, And he's got this own, this this unique feel. He's got this very kind of laid back, chill kind of vibe in his home. Um, if you've ever heard Nora Jones, uh, she's, they've always got, it seems like Nora Jones is always playing in the background. She's just like this super smooth, super chill singer. Um, you walk in in the summertime and it's bare feet. Um, My brother, if he gets too hot, he just whips off his shirt and walks around the house without his shirt on. It's just, it's it's, it's that kind of a feel. And people are always dropping in and and showing up unexpected, but in his home, it's just, that's totally okay. There's no need to panic. You just come on in. Company is completely welcome. Eventually, they get around to making dinner, and for all the guests that are there, as they get dinner ready for the guests, there's no, like, frenzied pace, and and panic at all, it's just they all kind of pitch in at a steady pace to get it all done. Then it's time to clean up and, and, and they get the job done at the steady pace. Eventually it seems like somebody will grab a guitar and, and start to strum on the guitar. Then as the cool of the evening starts to creep in, they all kind of sit around the fire outside and it gets lit and just sit around and talk and chat. It's just this kind of chill, laid back sort of vibe that, that they've got going on and even the family dog and cat seem to be a part of this vibe. You know I'm I'm telling you like check out the cat and the dog in your home. I'm pretty sure they kind of like mix with the vibe of your home. My brother's house they has this cat, one of the only cats on the planet that I'll actually say I like and it's 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 warm, it's friendly, it it's nice. And it's just they all have this this vibe. My brother's home has its own unique personality. You you could call it the life of his home. My home also has its own unique personality. It is very different than the vibe of my brother's home. Mine is like a constant whirlwind of activity. There are kids coming, kids going. Um, It's just a beehive of activity all the time. It's It's like sheer pandemonium at my house almost all the time. Um, at dinner time, it has the feel of a crisis center in my home. There's dishes flying everywhere. The fridge is beeping because it's been left open. You're tripping over the dog who's laying in the middle of the kitchen. Pans are smoking, all that kind of stuff. And we love having people over to our home. Love having people over. But for some reason, it's always a pretty short visit when people visit our house. And I understand why. It's because after 25 minutes, they're exhausted being in, in the Warner home, there's no laid back, relaxed, Nora Jones playing in the background kind of vibe. And our family pets, okay, we've had family pets over the last 20 years since we've had kids. Um, our first cat, you've probably heard about our first cat, um, Mr. Blackberry. Mr. Blackberry was a special kind of crazy, and uh, just like the Warners, um, he was crazy. He peed on everything, he even peed on me in the middle of the night, peed on our couches, peed everywhere. Mr. Blackberry kind of drifted out of the, the, the Warner scene and about five years ago, I swore we'd never have a cat again, and about five years ago, we had a friend come over to our house and, and uh, they had a cat and they're like, Rich, I, uh, it was a, a stray cat that they found downtown Bellingham. And, uh, and you're like, Rich, I would have been done at stray, but my kids gave me these puppy dog eyes and I've always been the worst when it comes to puppy dog eyes. They've all got the puppy dog eye thing mastered. I took it in, and we had this cat, and it quickly turned into nine cats. Um, it had babies. Its babies had babies. And uh, thank God we don't have cats anymore. And the whole crazy cat saga came to an end one day as I was driving home, and I saw our last remaining cat having a nap on the, in the middle of the road. And uh, i got to be honest, though. Actually, I won't say what I was going to say. But. All, all you cat people are going to walk out of here any second. You're like, what kind of guy is this? He's so cruel-hearted, heart of stone. But, but every, every, every house has a personality. Every house has a personality. You could call it the life of your home. And uh, my home has a personality. Your home has one. And every church has, has one as well. There are churches that are cold and hard to connect with. Other churches are very warm and inviting. You just, you you feel like you've come home the moment that you stepped in. Some churches are quick to trust and empower people to serve. Others are really, really slow and really, really hesitant. And only a few people kind of have the opportunity to, to really serve and use their gifts. Some churches move fast. They're all about results. They're all about growing. They're all about taking the next heel. They're all about planting, planting, planting churches. Others go at a slower pace. They want to make sure that everybody is kind of a part of things and and being shepherded well while they maybe plan for the next hill to take. Then there's the way that different churches run their weekend services. And by the way, the weekend service is, is one of the best windows into the life of any church. Some services are very polished and very professional, programmed down to the very last detail. Others are laid back and easygoing. Some have a more traditional feel, suits, ties, dresses, um, hymns, all that. Others are more contemporary. It's all courses, ripped jeans. Sometimes you'll see a worship leader that's like padded up on all both arms. Um, some have loud services. Others quiet. Some are older. Others are younger. Others are just a mixed in, 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 in the mixed generations in the church. But every church has a personality. There's a certain kind of life to it. And, and some of the traits are common across all churches. Other traits are more unique to different, different churches. And, and we're going to, over the next several weeks, we're going to take some time to dive into the life of the church and the life of, of, of this church in particular. What is it about CTK Ferndale that makes CTK Ferndale unique? What is it that makes us kind of stand out? And what is it that, that we are all about? What, how, how do we do life as a church? We're going to look into this. Last week, we started off by looking into why we do what we do. And wasn't last week so cool at a church in the park, even though it was kind of wet, kind of rainy, um, it was still so cool to have everybody show up and with their, your campfire chairs and just be out in nature. It was, it, was, it was really fun. But last week we looked at the why, why we do things, as, uh, what, what we do. And uh, it's important to start with the why because if you don't start with the, the right why, you will, you will end up doing all the wrong what. you got to start with the right why so that you do the, the, the right what. And Jesus gave us the why. He said, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Remember, he dangles the keys in front of us. He's like, here's the keys, keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And the reason why we do what we do is so that the kingdom of God can invade every corner where the kingdom of darkness has dominion. I like that song that we sang that talks about the authority that we've been given. We have been given authority as followers of God. Jesus in Matthew 20, 28 said, all authority has been given to me. Then he says, now go and make disciples of all nations. Where the dark, kingdom of darkness has dominion, go in there with the kingdom of light. Bring the message of the gospel of Jesus where there's addiction and fear and sin. Bring the gospel and where there's brokenness. Um, we want to see God bring healing where there's addiction. We want to see God bring freedom. That's why we do what we do. We can't ever forget that the reason for church, we can't ever forget this, that the, the reason for church is not primarily about us. It's not just another mechanism, some kind of institution to help, help us get through the troubles and the hardships and the difficulties of life. Here's what it's about. It's ultimately... About the name of Jesus being lifted high, and then it's about us loving people, serving people, reaching out to people that are far from God. So that's the why. And then what about the what? What is it that we do? How do we do life as a church? And what does it look like um, to invite others into the life of our church? What does it look like when people start to rub up against uh, against us? And what what are we hoping? Um, they'll, they'll kind of catch just from being around us. What does what the life of our church look like? Well, we've created this little handy acronym to help you understand the life of our church. It's an acronym that's built around the word life. The word, the letter L um, is for learning. So we grow in our faith. We become more and more like Jesus as we learn His way. We're transformed and becoming more like Him. We're disciples. We disciple other people. Um, in fact, the, the whole reason that you have Leadership in a church is so that they can equip people to serve Ephesians 4 says and, and why do we want to equip people to serve Ephesians 4 puts it really clearly it says so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ it, it's learning it's knowing God more it's becoming more like Christ and then the life of our church involves Um, For I, it's investing, where we invest our time, we invest our treasure, we invest our our talent, we serve, we give. The Bible says, for we are God's handiwork, all of us, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, so we invest. And the life of our church involves, um, for F, it's friendship and family. We are about relationships, people getting to know people, people growing in community with one another. In 21st century church, it's actually really easy to forget that church is about people. Um, we have actually kind of made church to be more about an event or a program. But at the end of the day, church is—it's about people, and it's impossible to read through your New Testament and to come to any other conclusion than the church is about people. It's everywhere. It's a community that is following Jesus together as we seek His kingdom coming to this earth. And then lastly, a key part of the life of our church is that we, for letter E, enjoy. We build con- connection around those things and those activities that we enjoy doing. Last week, it was some cornhole. We enjoy cornhole. There's people playing cornhole together. We enjoy eating. I mean, come on. We really enjoy eating around here, right? And so, so last week, it was eating together. It was barbecue and and just whipping out the hamburgers and, and the cake. And, and we, we, we enjoy eating together. And then, of course, the greatest thing that we enjoy together is Jesus. And that's what this morning is really all about. We come together like, man, we love Jesus. We want to enjoy Him, worship Him together as a, as a church. And, we, and so we come together and we sing songs. And, and we make it about Him. This is the life of our church. It's learning. It's investing. It's friends and family. And lastly, you see up there, it's enjoying. And just to be clear, I'm, I'm not just talking about the life of our church in the kind of gathered, like we have right now, the gathered corporate sense, like when we're here on Sunday morning. Um, I'm also talking about the church in the out there, in 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 the, the, the in our homes, in, in our communities kind of way. In other words, you are just as much the church when you show up to a church meeting as you are when you're working your day job as you are when you are if you're a student when you're walking through the hallways of your middle school or your high school you are just as much the church out there in that sense you as the church scattered throughout our community during the week you you have things you're learning you have things that you're invested in you have things uh friends and family you have things that you're enjoying all of it what we do when we're gathered and what we do when we're scattered make up the life of our church. One of the, one of the best places that we see this in scripture is Acts chapter 2 um, in verses 42 to 47. It's a very well-known passage. Um, we've, we've, I've, I've preached on this several times here in our church, um, but it's this great passage describing the life of the first century church community. And it starts off like this. It's kind of like the summary phrase. It says, They, this is the, the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the, the breaking of bread and into prayer. Now, if you are here this morning and you have a, a, a hard copy of the Bible, um you're you're gonna notice, or in the Bibles that maybe you have at home, you're gonna notice that in your your Bible is broken up into uh, chapters, in those chapters, Bible scholars have broken all those chapters up into little chunks, and at the top of every chunk, there's usually a, a kind of a heading describing what that's going to be about. Well, this verse that we just read, in most Bibles, it's actually the start of a new section called something like the Fellowship of the Believers. And uh, some of you probably have that in your Bibles, you see that, the, the Fellowship of Believers, I'm not sure if it's in Bible apps or not, but, but they all have these different sections. Well, a lot of Bible scholars, they believe that this verse should actually be attached to and conclude the previous section of the Bible rather than start a new section. And the previous section of the Bible before this verse is, it's describing Pentecost. It's describing when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church. It's describing how um, literally thousands of people came to Christ and they gave their lives to Christ and they were, they were added to the church. The church, is, there's this incredible picture of revival in this awakening that took place not just in the church, but but in the city. And if this verse um, were at the end of that Pentecost section, it would read more like this. Those who accepted his message, Peter's, were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, do you see how this kind of changes that verse just, just a little bit? All of a sudden, this verse becomes much more mission-focused. It shows us that new believers were getting integrated into the life of the church. They weren't just showing up to church services. Yes, that was part of it. Um, They were devoted, though, to to not just the teaching and to to worshiping, but there was was so much more. They were becoming a part of this, this church family. They were eating together and praying together. And maybe you're going, okay, Rich, why the heck does this matter? Why, why does it matter that we understand the sections in, in all of us? It matters because when you separate this verse out from the previous section, you can tend to see the church as kind of this exclusive community that's kind of doing their own thing. They're teaching and they're breaking bread and they're, they're praying together. You can kind of see the church as sort of this exclusive group of people that, that is kind of shut off. And, and this, by the way, is a, a mistake the church has made over and over and over and over again throughout the centuries. But when you attach this, this one little verse, when you attach the, the life of the church to the movement of the Holy Spirit in the lives of unchurched people and see how the church community is, is one whose life is not only attractive to those outside, but it's also inviting and including to those outside, you get a different picture of what the church was all about. It's not the picture of a group of people that is cliquish. It's not the picture of a group of people that is kind of like arm's length from from the community. It's not a group of people that's difficult to get to know and break into. But it's this church that is on mission and whose meetings, whose homes, in fact, their very lives are wide open to those who are brand new and have previously been on the outside. It's a beautiful picture. And what this verse does, though, is it, it describes the life of the early church in, in this nutshell. It's got a big why. It's reaching out to people. They're becoming a part of this church. And then it's this church where both old and new believers are being integrated into it. In this verse, we get a picture of the personality of the, this church. If you were to rub shoulders with this, this early church, you, you, would, you would get swept up in this. We see learning, we see investment, we see friendship, we see family and and enjoyment, all of that just in this one little verse that we're going to unpack in just a second. But there's learning, they're growing, apostles are teaching, discipling, everybody's growing in their faith, Um, there's investment, the apostles who are just, you know, we put them on these big pedestals, but they're just ordinary people like you and me, Um, a lot of these guys just holding down regular day jobs, and they're investing their time and their energy to serve the church. And then there's, there's family and friendship happening. We see this word fellowship in this, this verse here. And in the, the original language the Bible is written in, it's not the word fellowship, it's this word koinonia. And it's a word that, that is rich with meaning. It's about so much more than people just kind of like casually bumping into each other here and there and having just um, warm fuzzies from time to time. No, it's this it's word that describes this close community where everything is being shared our lives are being shared sharing our sufferings with one another sharing the blessings with one another you see that in this verse and then you also see enjoyment they're eating together they're eating together they're 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 just having a great time it's it's all packed in here and then the following four verses are going to actually kind of unpack what what it looked like? This they devoted themselves to teaching and the fellowship and breaking the bread and prayer. It's going to unpack that a bit for us. And and so in verse um, in Acts chapter two, it goes on to say this. It says everybody was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And so as the life of the church is reflecting God in His way, what happens? God shows up in a powerful way. Miracles are happening. Lives are changed. People are being healed people are being set free from sin, Jesus is being lifted high, and then it says all the believers were together and had everything in common, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to sell your house this morning and your car and just pull it all together, that's actually not what this verse is about, but but what we see here though is they have this, 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 this uh, sense of just sacrificing for one another, there's this this fellowship that's happening. They're together, they're sharing. It's about family. And we also see investment here. They're sacrificing what's theirs and they're investing it in the lives of others. They're taking what's theirs, they're they're selling it if they need to, and they're sacrificing, giving the proceeds to help the poor in their community. They're invested in one another in one another. They're invested in, in the mission that they're on as as a, as a church. And then it says every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And here's this picture of friends and family. They're meeting together. They're eating together. It's not just at the church building. They're actually opening up their homes and their lives to one another. Imagine how different it would look if we became a church that actually opened up our homes to one another. Just imagine that for a second. Now this is the 21st century. And I get it. The art of opening up your home and having people over for dinner. And just to enjoy life together has largely been lost in the 21st century. But I, I think it's time to bring it back. I think it's time to be that that kind of a church that's, that goes... We're not just going to share a couple moments on a Sunday morning together where we brush shoulders and have a quick conversation. But no, we're going to be the kind of people that open up our lives, that open up our homes, whether it's a calm, peaceful, relaxed home or a crazy, chaotic home like the Warner home. We go, we're just going to open up our lives and open up our homes for another. Now, why not create that kind of a church? And by the way, I have conversations over and over and over again with people with, with people. The part of this church that go, yeah, we want to do that. Well, it's actually not that complicated. You just start doing it. You, you ask your neighbor, "Hey, do you want to go out for dinner? Do you want to come crash for some chili and watch the game that's been DDR'd? I don't know, but you just you just start doing it. And we see that in this verse, though they 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 they're breaking bread in their homes and eating together with glad and your hearts. And then in these verses, we see that, that whole enjoyment again. They are they're thoroughly enjoying one another. They are enjoying good food together. They're enjoying favor together. You know, I've read this verse a hundred times at least, and I've always read that last line in this verse. Um, I don't know if you can pop it up there, but um, where it talks about them enjoying favor. I've, I've always read that line to be, they had the favor of all the people. But Scripture here wants us to see that they did not just have the favor of all people, but what are they doing? They are enjoying the favor of all people together. Now, it wasn't always that way. The church went through a ton of persecution. But the point here is that the church is coming together and they're enjoying something. They're enjoying the, the favor of all people together. Now, this picture that we just briefly unpacked this morning, this is how the life of the church is supposed to be. It's a picture of what the church, whether it is in the first century or the 21st century, this is a picture of, of the, the kind of church that the church is, is to strive for. And this picture, it has to be held up over and over and over again. And when we wander away from this, it's, it's a coming back to this, this picture of what, what church is supposed to be about. It's a church that, that's learning and growing together, that's investing and what God is up to in the church and in, in one of those lives, the church that's, that's family and friends, it's not just a bunch of acquaintances, no, they know each other, they're, they're connecting with each other, and then they're enjoying all the blessings of God together. Every time I read this passage, and by the way, for me as a pastor, this is like my, if, if I ever find that, that that vision is kind of dying and that, that I need something to stoke vision and passion for the church again... This is like my bread and butter. I go here all the time. And I, whenever I read this, this passage, Acts two forty two to 47, I go, that is an attractive church. I want to be a part of, of a church like that. I want to lead a church that is like that kind of a church right there. There, there's been this raging debate over the last 20 years or so among church leadership circles over whether or not the church should be um attractional a church that attracts people that people want to come and be a part of or a church that is incarnational a church that in in other words it's kind of like the church incarnates they get out there in the community and and i know what you're thinking you're like you church leaders have time to debate that kind of stuff like you have way too much time on your hands but it's this debate Attractional versus incarnational. Do we want to be a church that's attractive or is is it a church that's on mission, that's out there, out there, out there? And the answer is, 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 is pretty obvious, right? We want to be both. You got to be both. It's, it's, it's a church that, that like Jesus, I mean, you look at Jesus' life and people were attracted to Jesus. I think if we ever get to the spot where we go, people aren't attracted to what we're doing, we probably got to stop and go, okay, what are we doing wrong? Because you look at the life of Jesus, and, and yes, absolutely, there were people that were, that were appalled at what he was doing and were, were just like turned off, but there were people that were, droves of people that were attracted to what Jesus was doing. But was he just attractional? No, he was very incarnational. He left heaven and, and came as this, this baby incarnated among us because he was, he was about mission and, and setting us free from our sin. It's the gospel, right? He, he's, he's a, it's attractional and it's incarnational at, both at the same time. We want to be the same. The kind of church where the life of our church is so Christ-like, it's so beautiful. There is, there is this learning and growing and being set free from sin and shame and addiction and we're being set free, we're becoming more like Jesus. There's this church that, that loves one another, that is so about what we are doing as a church, the mission that we're on, that we go, yeah, I'll invest. What do I, what do I have to invest to be a part of what's going on here? It's a church that's it's friends and family, and you come, and, and hopefully, if you're here this morning and you're brand new, I hope that you you walked in this morning and someone came up to you and said, hey, how's it going? My name's this. I hope you come in here and you feel right at home. That's what we want. And we also want to be a church that's about enjoying life together and, and I look at that and I go I want to be a part of that kind of a church that' it, it's, a, it's attractive we want to be attractive to both church and unchurch people but we also don't want to just keep this to ourselves we don't want to just keep this to ourselves if we ever go man this is so good let's just let's just do this all for ourselves and just we just get in this little holy bubble then God help us No, we want to be a church that is out there in our neighborhoods, our sports teams, in our middle schools, high schools, our, our workplaces, restaurants, wherever it is that 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 God calls us to, and we want to be Jesus there. We want to we want to bring his kingdom there as well. At the end of at the end of Acts chapter two, this summary of the life of the church that we just read, we find that this is the kind of church that isn't just enjoying life together, it's the kind of church that is also living up to that greater why that we talked about. It's a church that is being built as the kingdom of light is invading the kingdom of darkness. And the Bible concludes Acts chapter 2 by saying this. It says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who would be saved. That's a great church right there. I want to be a part of a church like that. That where the life of the church is so beautiful, it's attractive, and it's so mission-focused, it's so full of love, it's so caring that it's, that it's out there, it's, it's loving people to Jesus left and right. I want to be a part of that kind of church. And when, when our right living, how we do things, um, right living, it always will lead to the right outcome. And it's not just the church being built, but it's people far from God finding life in Jesus. That's what it's about. And this is what we are hoping for. This is what we are believing for. This is what we're praying for. This is what we are asking God to do here in this time, in in our community, in our church. This is what we want to see God do. As we wrap up this morning, I just have a simple question for you. What can you begin to do this week to help create this kind of church? Because guess what? This isn't just about what what leaders do and what staff members do in a church. No, this is your church. It's our church. It's it's not just up to a few people to create the kind of church that we just read about. If it's just up to a few, it won't happen. It's it's our church. And, and I don't know where you're at. Maybe it's just, maybe you're just kind of on the, the, the edges. But listen, this isn't Rich inviting you into something this morning. This is... This is God inviting you into something this morning. This is, and not just to come and, not just to come and be a part of it and and, and consume it, but to come and invest in it and, and to make it happen, to create this. I love our mission statement as a church and how it starts off with this phrase. It's our mission is to create authentic Christian community. And I hope you don't hear that and go, yeah, I hope the leaders are doing that. I hope you hear that and you go, yeah, what can I do to create authentic Christian community? What can I do? What can I do? And so my question for you is, what can you do to begin this week to help create the kind of church that was just described? Maybe it has to do with learning. Maybe it's it's, it's you go, okay, I, I, I want to get connected somewhere where I'm going to begin to learn and begin to grow. Or, or maybe God has you in a place in life maybe you're you're a little more mature in your you're walk with christ and you're going i want to find a place where i can start pouring into other people and helping them learn help them grow in christ and be disciples maybe it has to do with investing and, and maybe for you it's just been up to this point your whole church experience has just been coming and and sitting and, and i want you to hear really clear we we do not look down on that at all we we hope this is a place where you can just come and check things out and, and kind of like get a feel for what's going on around here. And not feel guilt-tripped because of that. But we also want you to know that, that there is a spot on the team for you. There's a spot on the team for you. And, and, and we hope that you just don't stay in a spot of, of, of taking in. But you, you get to the spot where you go, hey, God has actually got me here on this planet. Not just to, to survive, but to be a person that, that's making a difference in people's lives. And, and where you get to the place where you go, okay, I'm going to start investing. And if you don't know where to begin, Josiah held that connection card. Grab that connection card in your program and, just, and put it in the bucket. And say, hey, I want to start investing, but I don't know where to start. Come to me after the service. Um, I'll be glad to have a conversation with you about, about investing. Maybe it's the, the F. Maybe it's that, that sense of friends and family and fellowship. And you go, okay, this week you figure out how can I start to get connected? How can I get connected over the next several weeks? um, There are all kinds of different opportunities for you to get connected that are going to start to launch. Um, If you're a student that's already launched. But but find a way to get connected. And then the last one there, E, enjoy. Man, Bring somebody along on what you enjoy. Bring somebody along on on what you enjoy. Maybe it's taking somebody fishing. Maybe it's it's, uh, the Seahawks game and you start having people over to eat and watch the game together. Maybe it's inviting somebody here on a Sunday morning to come and be a part of the church and worshiping Jesus that you enjoy. But what can you do this week? I'm not asking what you can do next month, next year, but what can you do as a person who's a part of this church? What can you do to begin creating, creating what was just described? Let's be that kind of a church, Amen. Let's not settle. Let's not settle for anything less. God put that, that chunk of scripture in the Bible for a reason. It wasn't just so that we could look back and go, oh, that was pretty cool what they had back there. No, it's like a vision piece for us. Let's be that kind of a church that, 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 is, that is building that, that, is creating that, that's praying into that nonstop that, that, that we would be that church and that God's name, his kingdom would come as a result. Let's pray together. Heavenly.